Hello, and welcome to the Essentials of Faith program. Have you ever noticed how some people complicate even the simplest Bible teachings as though God's hiding something from us? Maybe you've been frustrated in your search for meaning in life. I have great news. God knows just what you need, and you did not find this program by happenstance. We will unpack essential truths from Scripture that will change your life forever. What's more, you will discover a new and vibrant experience with God. I hope you're ready. And now, here's your host, author, speaker, L. David Harris. Peace and blessings, listening friends. We know that you could have chosen to spend your time doing any one of a number of things, but I am excited that you have chosen instead to invest some of it with us. This is L. David Harris, your host, and I am delighted to welcome you to another episode of the Essentials of Faith program. Uh, And we are continuing our two-part series. If you notice, we generally do two parts every weekend. Uh, Two-part series. And I didn't even give you the title yesterday. I apologize. Mediating Your Relationship with God. We are doing part two of Mediating Your Relationship with God. And before we begin, we begin, we're going to pray. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for the privilege you've given us to open your word. And and I don't uh, intentionally uh, take that lightly. I pray, Lord, that the thousands or hopefully one day millions of people who will listen to this program will be drawn to you and that we will uh, have a vibrant relationship with you. And that one day we can all meet together on that sea of glass and and maybe even share stories about the day that they listen to a program like this or this one in particular. And we can rejoice together and say what great things you have done for us. I pray that you'll open our minds in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, y'all, we're going to go ahead and jump right in. Uh, we're going to begin our discussion here from the book of Hebrews, and we'll stay pretty much there, Hebrews chapter 9. And um, I I just want to invite you to listen to yesterday's program so you can have the full context about why we're even studying this, uh, because, you know, we don't have time to to unpack that, the reasons why. But uh, suffice it to say, Jesus is our only one mediator. He's our mediator between God and humanity. And so we'd like to underscore that and to uh, praise the Lord for that privilege. So I'm going to start just with my title. Uh, Something miraculous and wonderful happened when Jesus replaced and nullified the Old Testament priesthood. Because, again, we're talking about mediating our relationship with God. There are uh, church bodies. There are uh, leaders and religious uh, prelates and such who would say that they are the ones who mediate your relationship with God. But I'm, I'm glad that something wonderful and miraculous happened when Jesus replaced and nullified the Old Testament priesthood. We actually received direct access. Are you hearing that? Direct access to the throne of grace through Christ. He said, come boldly before the throne of grace where we can find help or grace, help, in the time of trouble or need. That's a blessing. So we receive that not through bishops, not through cardinals, not through priests, not through popes, not through prelates, not through uh, pastors, not elders like me, not dead saints, not Mary, not anyone else. And that's liberating. 
The mediatorial priesthood of the Old Testament was obliterated at the death of Christ. Uh, you can find reference to that in Matthew chapter 27, verse 51. Uh, also, I believe in Ephesians chapter 2, around verse 15. And so God has given us a peek into the Holy of Holies through Christ. And we'll go to uh, Hebrews chapter 9, beginning at verse 8, to, to, to make sense of that. And the Bible reads in verse 8, the Holy Ghost thus signifying, of course, uh, the preceding verses are speaking about the Old Testament sanctuary and how the system of sacrifices worked in summary. And it's saying here in verse 8, the Holy Ghost thus this signifying that the way into the holiest of all, that's the second apartment. The sanctuary was broken up into about three segments, if you'd like to say, the outer court, the holy place and the holy of holies or the most holy place. Uh, we'll probably do programs on that in the future, Lord willing. And so the Bible again says that the way into the holiest of all, that's where the throne room of God is actually signified, where the Ark of the Covenant in the sanctuary on earth was, uh, where the mercy seat was and under the mercy seat was the Ten Commandment law and some other uh, very important articles. And that was a signal or a, or a symbol of uh, the throne of God, okay? And so it says here that that, that that was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure of the time when uh, then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. So the Lord gave us this. It was ordained by him. But that didn't make us perfect. Okay, we'll come back to that in a moment. Verse 10, which stood only in, in, in meats and drinks. We're talking about meal and drink offerings. And diverse washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the end of reformation. Okay, so we're saying here, according to the Bible, that all of these things prefigured or pointed forward to the genuine article Jesus Christ, the relationship that he would mediate. Okay, so let's go to verse 11. But Jesus, but Jesus being an high priest of good things to come by a great and greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. I'd just like to point out here, do, uh, do you realize that the Old Testament sanctuary was a shadow of the sanctuary above? That That's... God used that sanctuary to teach us something about what's happening in heaven. So instead of an Ark of the Covenant, it's the throne of God. Instead of golden cherubim on, the, you know, on, the op, on either side of the Ark, we have the two real covering cherubs. Instead of the, the, the cherubs that were embroidered into the, the, the fabric on the walls, in the Old Testament sanctuary, we, had the, we have the retinue of angels who daily attend our Father, God. And so on. Okay. Instead of the candelabra or, you know, that, that uh, go seven golden candlesticks or the, the one lamp with seven heads, we have the Holy Spirit. We have Jesus, the light of the world. I think you understand where I'm going with this. Let's keep going. Verse 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered, speaking of Christ, once into the holy place, having obtained eternal salvation for us. Hmm. 
Do you realize that the Old Testament sacrifices of blood really only pointed forward to the Lamb of God? This is uh, who uh, uh, John the Baptist pointed out, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. So all of those sacrifices, all of those ceremonies, all of that pointed forward to Christ. And so today, now we have the benefit of his sacrifice, the blood that he shed in our place to where we were supposed to die for our own sins, in our own sins, really. But Jesus stepped in the place of us. If we will accept him by faith, then he applies his spilled blood for us so we don't have to die for our sins. Okay, verse 13. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot, we're going to highlight that in a moment, purged our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Spotless. Did you get that? The Bible said Jesus is spotless. You don't want a priest in your way. In our days, that's not spotless. That man cannot mediate your relationship with God. Those days are over. In fact, the Bible says of Jesus in John chapter 14, verses 29 through 31, and now, Jesus speaking, I have told you before it come to pass, when it is come, that when it is come to pass, ye may believe. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. Jesus was spotless. The devil had nothing in him. There was no answering cord in Christ. When the devil tried to tempt him, there was nothing inside him that was drawn away after lust. No, Jesus never sinned. Jesus never yielded to the devil. Verse 31, but that the world may know that I love the Father. And as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise and let us go hence. And of course, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, the Bible reads, For he hath made him, meaning Christ, to be sin for us, who knew no sin. Jesus knew no sin. He had never had an intimate interaction with sin. He never sinned. He never sinned, not even once, in action, in deed, in thought, nothing. He who knew no sin, that he might be made the righteousness of God in him. And so this is the spotless high priest that we have standing as the one mediating our relationship with God, the Father. Okay, so I'll read again verse 14 of Hebrews chapter 9. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purged your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Verse 15, and for this cause, he is the mediator. For what cause? Paul? A writer of Hebrews, I believe it was Paul. For what cause? I'll come back to that. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Thank God for that, in eternal inheritance. Paul said in uh, Galatians chapter 3, the closing verses, that that, that those who are in faith with Christ become Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So God is giving you the promise that one day you will inherit the eternal kingdom of glory, uh, the eternal 
promised land, just like he promised to Abraham. And I hope you didn't think that that promise was just about uh, earthly Canaan, because two generations of, of, of God's people completely lost their minds and, and lost their faith. And there was one that, that, that scarcely got in, along with Jacob and Caleb. I mean, Jacob, where did I get that from? I didn't mean that. Joshua and Caleb, that felt funny coming out. And so that was just a microcosm. That was just uh, a way for us to understand that God is preparing something much bigger than that. We talked a little bit about that uh, yesterday and last week. Okay. For where a testament is, there must also be of necessity the death of the testator. Okay, back to verse 15. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. Who's he? We're speaking of Jesus. What cause? The cause is his spotlessness. His spotlessness. We talked about that. His spotlessness. The fact that Jesus never sinned makes him qualified to be the mediator of the New Testament, which is, you know, God will write on in our hearts his laws. So nobody has to tell any person, his or her neighbor, know the Lord because they can know him because God has written his laws in our hearts and on our minds. And we have to resist that to be lost. But if we embrace that law that he put inside us and begin to live according to its teachings in the spirit, then there is no condemnation for that kind of person. Paul said it. In, uh, he, in, in Romans chapter 8, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So here's the thing. For a time, the Lord used the Old Testament system of sacrifices to help his people understand the plan of salvation and to prepare their minds for the coming Messiah. This was God-ordained, but he abolished that system along with its human priesthood, because Jesus became our great high priest. And so that means that anyone who accepts a priest as their mediator who's not Jesus, somebody else in our day is rejecting Jesus Christ, our great high priest, the only mediator between God and people. And so I would thank God if I were you. I'll thank God if I'm me for leading us to Jesus. And I thank Jesus for mediating our relationship with the Father. Thanks for joining us, listening friends. Always remember, the revelation of God's Word gives light. It provides understanding to the simple. Until next time, be at peace.